This is Bragg, son of Balin, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. calls for aid and Brog shall answer Amandine buffoonery is kindled welcome back to like the beacons a lotro podcast that also dabbles in books movies gaming and the lore of J.R.R. Tolkien as loosely interpreted by Christopher Tolkien this is episode number 59 and I'm your host Bragg of the Lonely Mountain the Sultan of Shieldswipe, the Earl of Agro, the unyielding ally, and dwarf of ill repute. I am broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ, undercover in the caves of the Avorum. Yes, I'm wearing a disguise and commingling with the elven element that seems to infest this cavern. I'm, of course, wearing stilts, a giant doily cloak, and a crapload of makeup. Uh, there is some decent stonework down here, but it's ruined by all these archy wooden carvings, Christmas lights, uh, glowing pergolas and arbors and argolas and pergolas, and uh, just a lot of stuff and nonsense, really. Um, apparently, the elves here are supposed to be hanging around secretly guarding the port of Edelon for several ages, but clearly they aren't doing a very good job since it's run over by a bunch of corsairs and brigands. I am going to penetrate this wretched hive of scum and villainly, villainy and see what is afoot and maybe go to the Dead Marshes uh, since that's here. And what else can you do in these caves? Oh, you can go get one of the uh, missing artifacts that the King of the Dead asks you to return to him before he goes to return uh, to uh, the Pass of the Dead from Dor Air Neil as part of the prologue to that quest chain. It's usually sitting underneath one of that Argola Purbola thingamacraps down here. Uh, I'm sure most of you have found it, uh, since you have to get it if you want to finish the meta deed in Central Gondor to get your first age L.I. Anyway, it's been too long since I've been able to join you. My apologies to all the viewers out there, and you know you're not viewers, but I've been sick, I've been injured, I've been holidayed, and just plain beaten down like a Meiji cur. There's only so much a dwarf can take, after all. Uh, But I am back and better than ever, so let's move on to our second beacon of Ilanok. Yes, Ilanok, let's review our agenda for this evening. As usual, we will first deal with a lot of CRAP, corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. So last time we offended Lotro Twitch streamers, Cordovan real estate agents for dead Gondorian soldier estates, uh, Russian raid pugs, even dim blue lady party hardliners, and dead turtles busily decaying in Lundell's tomb, and of course elves. And to all of you, I wish a very heartfelt sorry, except for the elves. Um, I also think I said that the next step in the uh, instance quest path for Minas Tirith was the Dome of Stars after the Battle of the Black Serpent, when it's actually the Silent Street. But you guys knew that already. And uh, anything else to apologize for? No, good. Let's go to viewer comments. Uh, agree to disagree. You know you're not viewers. iTunes reviews. Let's check the leaderboard. Ching, 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 ching. The last review of this podcast was left by Orlack of Arkenstone on October 13th of 2016. So he currently holds our high score. If you want to join this illustrious vacuum of viewers, then please, by all means, continue to do absolutely nothing. In the Twitter sphere, not much. 
Community Spotlight. So I watched a stream tonight for a few minutes uh, with the Maiden of Rohan and some of her uh, various and sundry gang of thieves. And uh, some, some, some of the usual cast of characters in the chat, including Gussie Moose and Zinger. It uh, was fun to check in for a few minutes as they were questing in Eastern Trollshaws. I would have liked to have stayed, but uh, that would have meant not getting this episode out and I have enough excuses for that already. What else has been going on in the community? Well, there is another event that occurred since last I spoke with you that I did want to focus on for a minute. Um, there was a Twitter uh, link that I followed a few weeks back. Uh, to a blog post by a uh, longtime friend of the show, Braxwolf. And uh, I can't remember, but I believe for sure, but I believe the name of the tweet or of the blog post at that point was, uh, is this the end question mark or something to that effect? So say it ain't so, Frodo. But uh, uh, Braxwolf basically went on to explain <coughs> that, uh, you know, all of us must walk this road at some point, and uh, his you know, interest and or time and or inclination and or motivation and or sublimation has somehow waned in recent, uh, recent times. And uh, he was basically hanging up his spurs and uh, not intending to post any more uh, blogs and or uh, participate in any future podcasts in the community. Um, just so you know, Brax, I wrote a long, really poignant and uh, witty article about our bromance uh, in reply to your blog post, and then it wouldn't save because I could not remember my WordPress password, and I lost the whole thing. So I didn't want to type it again, uh, so I figured I would save it for this podcast. Uh, suffice to say, I'm very sad, but uh, I'm sure we've not heard the last of you. And, uh, you know, who knows? The future is never written. Perhaps you shall return and your passion shall be reignited at some point in the future. If not, I look forward to interacting with you on Twitter going forward. Uh, as most of you know, Braxwell was a longtime contributor to Lotro Players, uh, started the TGN Network, which is still going strong with a number of podcasts, including his own, which uh, was named Beyond Boss Fights, that brought uh, an intellectual and philosophical bent to this world uh, that uh, many of us have chosen to live in. And uh, perhaps he has really gone beyond boss fights this time around. But I'm willing to bet we haven't heard the last of him. Uh, but wish you well, Brax. Thanks for everything. Uh, it's been nice, and uh, thanks for all the fish. Moving along to something less depressing. Forums Insider. Um, most recent debates I've seen out there on the forums have been about the superiority of flower power versus the two tier two raid jewelry that is available uh, in the game right now. So apparently there are about six or seven pieces with bracelets and earrings counting twice uh, within that number uh, that are better for now uh, when you are able to create jewelry from flower extracts that you collect in North Athelion versus what's currently available in the Tier 2 Raid jewelry that uh, many people have accumulated to date. It's not a significant boost, but it's a boost. And there are, of course, uh, historically a lot of people that always believe that Raid gear should be generally be the best in game. Turbine came out and stated that they agree with them, that Tier 2 Raid gear should generally be the best in game, but that it would never be a hard, fast rule for them and they will continue to support other play styles. So they reserve the right to give uh, better gear or rewards and other aspects of the game that might need a shot in the arm or to give a plug for other play styles of folks that do not raid upon occasion. And uh, personally, I like this stance. Uh, they stated that Tier 2 raid gear should generally be best in game, so it generally will, but every once and again, they're going to throw the rest of the player base a bone here and there, and I support that stance. Uh, Turbine also referenced an increase in the number of players that are actually playing Throne of the Dread Terror uh, raid of late, even after the North Athelion revamp coming out. And they pointed to that to say, you know, uh, that 
you know, if, if, if the rewards weren't there, then the raid wouldn't be running more, but it's being run more. So right now we feel it's balanced. And, uh, you know, personally, I feel the raid is probably being run more because um, the cumulative effect of more and more people getting better geared through running the content is make finally making it reasonably easier to pug tier ones and or to get together, you know, not hardcore raiding kins that can take on tier twos. And that obviously, you know, more success leads to more runs, uh, which also leads to more success as people come better geared through running the instance. So I think that is the effect that's taking hold personally, uh, and I applaud it. I have not been through the entire raid myself. As a matter of fact, I have not been beyond the first two boss fights yet. But, uh, you know, more and more pugs are being called up and being more and more successful to do that. And I'm hopeful my kin will circle back to it at some point when our uh, in-game raid leader returns from a sabbatical. The only thing I'll say about the flower power gear is that uh, I wish the flower extracts were account, were account shared so that you could get the jewelry where you needed it um, without having to run and collect flowers with multiple different tunes if you have a number of alts. So I believe that is a fault. But, uh, you know, I certainly have enough flowers on Brag to upgrade a few of my pieces. <laughs> Hadn't really looked at it that closely till I saw this story, and now I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I should go back and take a look at that, because I bet there are some upgrades that I could do. And uh, Woodguard doesn't need a little bit more morale packed in here and there. So, in this week's action-packed episode, we're going to, as always, talk a little bit about what we've been doing in-game. We're going to revisit our periodic series on top ten lists, to discuss some of the most difficult places to visit in all of Lotro. We're going to revisit update 19.1 and the North Athelian expansion now that we have more significant playtime on it. And lastly, if we have any time remaining, we will pad out our runtime with useless and boring filler material. But with that, it is time to move on to our third beacon. <laughs> hey, watch that microphone. How about some ale? This week in gaming and or other Tolkien news as we stalk the beacon of Nardal. In other games, Pokemon Go. I'm not going to give updates about Pokemon Go anymore. Okay, one update. Maybe I'll just tell you a creature I caught over the last few weeks I had not had before. This week's Pokemon, a Grimer. DDO, not played. Secret World, I actually logged in and ran one quest and logged out. Uh, Marvel Heroes, nope. Clash of Clans, of course. I actually am working on my, I think it's level 4 Valkyrie update, which costs 60,000 Dark Elixir. I'm almost done with my $3.8 million Archer upgrades. One left, and we'll be on to the $4.5 million upgrade Wizard Towers. Then maybe a Town Hall upgrade finally after that. You know, I'm working on upgrades for pieces that are almost 5 million. The Town Hall upgrade is 5 million, so at some point I will do it. I don't like doing it prematurely because I think it uh, costs you loot in the long term. Um, as you gain Town Hall levels, you procure less loot as you raid other clans and vice versa. So I like to be ready before moving up. In Star Trek Online, I am a level 21 commander. And recently was doing a level 20 patrol quest. And uh, it was one of those quests where I had to kill some stuff out around the planet and then beam down and do a mission on the planet. And then as I left the planet, I had to kill a few more things that were escaping, you know, to escape the net uh, on the planet. So what I did is on this quest, uh, I avoided some of the conflict, you know, beat one or two ships, one or two alien ships, avoided some of the conflict to get down to the planet actually slaughtered the ground part of the mission. No problem whatsoever, never had any issues, never was threatened, uh, hot knife through butter type approach to the ground mission. And then when I got back out to the planets, uh, you know, back out into the orbit of the planet and had to give up, had to give up on a final chase of some Klingon ships because I could not scratch their battle cruisers. So I talked about this last time. Some ships I can kill, some ships I just can't. Uh, when I hit a Klingon battlecruiser, I can fire on it all day until the cows come home and I can't scratch the stupid thing. 
And it's a level 20 patrol quest, so I know I should be able to. So I'm definitely doing something wrong, or I'm not upgrading equipment that I should be. Right now I have, I think, Mark V or Mark VI weapons on the level 21 commander. I think that's where I'm supposed to be about. But I think I've, there's probably elements of the game, like I just discovered, like uh, in Earth Space Dock, you can go and upgrade aspects of your equipment through research and development. <laughs> Never saw that before. I don't know how important it is. It looks like a lot of work. Uh, if it's significant to game progression, I'll do it. But I don't know if it is or not. <laughs> so again, that requires research. Out the window. Forget that. Uh, been playing Shadow of Mortar just a bit. I completed a few quests here and there. One thing I wanted to note about this game is I'm getting more into it. So every time you fail a quest, and I'm not very good at combat yet, I'm okay, I'm getting better every time I play, but I'm not great at it yet, and sometimes I'll get overwhelmed if I'm in too big of a crowd. So every time you fail, it cuts over to the orc chieftains, which uh, you know are dynamic, which react to your gameplay, and uh, you know fight with each other and, and take over control of certain elements, and uh, they you know they have personalities and they get upgraded um, you know to war chief or their armor and so forth so what happens is typically every time I fail several of the orc chieftains get more powerful and if I'm trying to do a mission and I fail two or three times and each time the orc chieftains are getting more powerful where does this lead to you know does it get to the point where if I'm not progressing I can't beat any of these guys because they continue to upgrade themselves while I'm not progressing in the game it just seems like, uh, you know, not only when you fail, you, you just you're making it more and more harder uh, to finish missions with some of these orc chieftains, uh, constantly getting upgrades, and you're not progressing in your gameplay at that point. So, I'm a little worried <laughs> that maybe I'm dying too much, and it's going to make the missions that much harder, and I'm not going to be able to get any of them done. I don't know. I thought that was a little strange. I I, I like the idea. But maybe they shouldn't get more powerful every time I fail. Because <laughs> uh, at some point, I'm not going to be able to beat anybody. We'll see uh, where that leads to. Lastly, a lot of my gameplay lately has been sunk up to Drake Uncharted 3 on the PS3. A game that I've had for years, never got around to playing. And I decided to try to finish it off before Christmas for reasons that will become plain later on. I think I'm about 65 to 75% through the adventure at this point. And my reaction is that it's a mix of Assassin's Creed and Tomb Raider, uh, both games that I've played in the past. So a familiar play style. Uh, it's maybe just a little too easy on normal mode. I'll be cruising along, no problem, no problem, no problem. But then I'll find a specific scenario that might take running it 10 plus times to figure out how to get through it. You know, a particular set piece where... Uh, you know, someone's got an RPG and two lasers trained on my head and a bunch of guys charging over a wall. And uh, you really have to learn, um, you know, when to move, when to try to shoot, you know, who to take out first. And sometimes that will take multiple repetitions to get through. So it seems like 80% of the 90% of the gameplay is a little too easy. And then you'll get stuck on one specific part that will take a long time to work your way through. But in general, uh, I think the, guy, the dialogue and the character development is good. There are some really fun set pieces in there. Um, you know, it's basically an interactive movie. You know, it's, it's almost like the storytelling of the future. And uh, these games are getting better and better. Um, like to see what some of them look like on some of the latest generation consoles, which might become possible at some point soon. And uh, I'm enjoying Drake Uncharted 3 on the PS3 mix of a puzzle game and a first-person shooter, and, uh, you know, fairly well done. And uh, hopefully a couple more hours left of that, and we'll go back to focusing on Shadow of Mordor. So what have I been doing in Lotro of late? Well, Bragg uh, got one more Battle of Lorien under his belt. That's four out of the ten needed to complete all the quests in Lothlorien. Uh, he completed the North Athelian epic quest line, of course, all the side quests in the region, all the ones that I knew about at that point at least, explored all the ruins, collected all the Herodrim supplies, found all the treasure caches, although the last one was darn sneaky, sitting on top of a wall in Aelin Verein. Um, above my eyesight, I circled it for like 10 minutes trying to figure out where the heck it could be based on the coordinates, 
until I decided to look up. So if you're having trouble finding that last uh, treasure cache in Alan Varen, look up. That's my spoiler alert hint for you. Um, I'm still short of kindred reputation uh, for the North Athelian area. What's it called? Aragorn's you know, March of the King rep or whatever it's called. Um, so I didn't use any rep accelerators through my trip through. That's probably part of the reason. Uh, I did do all the roving threats in the area, uh, which certainly helped. Um, and there is at least one repeatable I found where you can kill 20 uh, Easterlings in the area or, or Orcs in the area. Um, so I'm looking around. I'm sure there are some other repeatables. Uh, I did find another quest line, a side story, uh, that I had missed through my first playthrough because it doesn't seem to have anything leading to it. It's almost a bit of an Easter egg to find it, to come across of it. If you're interested and you haven't found it, you might want to talk to the Variags by walking north from the eastern entrance to Osgiliath along the water until you find them camped. And that will lead you through a, a nice little story, actually. And after I finished that quest line, that got me within about 6,000 uh, points of kindred, rep kindred, with uh, again, with no accelerators. So I'm going to do one more pass through the region, see if I can find any more quest hubs that were hidden. And if not, we'll have to pound those dailies or maybe do a few more roving threat runs again to get to that final finish line. Not that there's anything great waiting at the end of the rep, um, except another full bar. You know how satisfying that is. And maybe a red fox pet, like I need another one. Uh, Bragg has also been running uh, just recently, uh, ran a few scrades. Um, and found that, I don't know when the loot tables were adjusted, but there appears to be some good loot out there in the Scrades. We ran uh, Fort of Brunin, successfully tanked that, and uh, Standard Amansul, and then did um, got about two nice pieces of jewelry per run, or side, side items per run out of those. So pretty good loot, actually, and you know generally you'll get... Um, in between one and three crystals, uh, Amphalas crystals dropping from the lieutenants as well. And then we ran Icy Crevasse with the Scrade and uh, <laughs> uh, was fine all the way through to the final boss fight. But as you know, uh, Tier 3 uh, Icy Crevasse has uh, the most complex boss battle of any Scrade. And if you haven't done it before, it's very difficult. We had, uh, first of all, we were only running, I think, with nine tunes, either nine or ten. So we were short to begin with. And we had a few people that uh, didn't get with the program or maybe didn't understand all the intricacies, let's put it more mildly, and were kept getting themselves killed rather quickly. So although I wasn't having any trouble tanking it, um, you know, the reflect effects in there and some of the nasty puddle areas that drop were, were difficult to manage, and we actually didn't finish that one with that group. Uh, hope to get back to it soon. If you want a challenge, that's a good one. My minstrel... Completed uh, tier one run of Os Dunhoff all the way through, all the different wings, including Gorthron at the end. That was fun. Uh, actually, had not done all the wings with my minstrel before, so completed a few deeds there and got some TP. Uh, my Cappy has finished the epic in North Athelion. My Loremaster completed the epic in North Athelion. Uh, my Berg has not yet started it yet, but did a few North Carton farm runs. My hunter completed the Minas Tirith uh, big battles and is going to work on his Old Anorian class trait points next. Uh, my Bjorning finished both Minas Tirith uh, big battles, uh, worked on and, and finished the quests of Old Anorian, which include quests of Minas Tirith, quests of the Pelennor, which I did through dailies, and quests of Talith Anor again which basically takes completing all the quests in that zone or pretty close to it. And uh, working on the Slayer Deeds for the area, and uh, actually, now that I think about it, those are done too. So got that class trait point from the Minas Tirith area, and now my Bjorning is getting to that wonderful area where I am virtue grinding. So Bjorning is the last tune that I had to got to 105, and uh, I don't usually bother virtue grinding as I'm leveling because, uh, you know, you find that you will accumulate a certain number of deeds just through the leveling process. Um, when you're totally leveled, you can go back and look and say, geez, where are we at? So I had five traits equipped, and they were basically all between 9 and 11, I think. So a lot of work to be done there. 
<laughs> so I started working on my zeal, which is one of my favorite traits for all of my tunes, I think, pretty much. I did Dragonets in Moria, I did Giants in the Misties, I did Kurgrim in the Even Dim, I did Goblins in the North Drown, North Downs, Orcs in Angmar, uh, Orcs in the Forges of Kazadoom, the Bosses of the Sixteenth Hall, Quests in the Misty Mountains, Quests in Eredluin, Ancient Evil in East Rohan, which means the Bergen style, the Draugblar, or whatever they're called. And uh, if I finish the big battles of Minas Tirith, that will give me the Survivor of the Long Night title and the final zeal point I need to, to get to level 19. Then it's on to the next virtue. So it is a long grind. It will, uh, the grind to 19 from scratch is way longer than the old grinds to 14 or 16 or whatever the old caps were. <laughs> it is long. There's more Explorer Deeds that you can use to get at least part of the way, but... Uh, but yeah, getting zeal, just even zeal to 19 was a bit of a stretch. I don't know if I'll do all five immediately, but I will chip away at them over time. Uh, I'll tell you what was was fun, was going back as a 105 and running some of the Moria instances solo uh, to get some of those deeds done uh, because uh, I accumulated a, a good number of turbine points finishing some of those as well uh, as I'd never done some of those runs with my Bjorning. And uh, some of them were actually, you know, even a little bit challenging in areas, uh, getting through some of those solo. And, uh, yeah, good fun. Hadn't seen some of those spaces in a while, and I even led some lower-level tunes through a couple of them. Uh, hardest part was, uh, I think, the 16th hall. I took two on-level characters, and, uh, you know, so it was just the three of us. So I switched over to Healing Stance on the Bjorning, and, uh, you know, it wasn't very difficult for me to stay alive, but it was difficult keeping them alive <laughs> and throwing them heals. Um, and one thing I've noticed running with the Bjorning, I haven't done too many three-mans where I was healing them, he acting as the healer on my Bjorning. So there is a cooldown on the Bjorning res. Um, it didn't used to have one, but when they changed it to an in-combat res, they put a cooldown on it. And apparently the cooldown applies whether you're in combat or out of combat. So there was one boss fight where both of my friends died, and uh, I rezzed, I had rezzed one of them during the combat. So once the combat was over, I had to wait for my cooldown to come like two minutes until uh, it was up. And I, I rezzed the one guy. And then there was a four-minute cooldown where we had to wait uh, before I could res the other guy. And to me, that's, you know, four minutes of s sitting around looking at your shoes. I mean, we ran forward and killed a few more mobs and came back for him, but... Uh, you know, all the other classes that can res don't have any CD on an out-of-combat res, so I really think they need to fix that on the Bjorning. It just leads to awkward pauses if you happen to be the healing class in a three-man or any kind of instance. Uh, yeah, that's that's not cool. Uh, if I'm missing something, any Bjornings out there, if you figure that out and I'm missing something, something I need to trait or uh, change in order to fix that, please let me know. Four minutes is too long to wait if you have multiple people to res after a fight. Uh, so what else have I been doing? My champ, did a, who was level 52, did a full Karn Doom run. Um, kind of a mixed bag of levels, but uh, you know, I'm, I was not the highest level tune on the run, but I knew the run the best, so I was kind of showing some, some people that hadn't been to Karn Doom before the ropes, getting through all that. That always um, spins up a, a good number of deeds getting through that instance. Uh, my RK and Warden have not gotten any love, and I don't have any other Tokyo news right now, so I think we're going to move on. Hey, I'm looking for a good Tokyo-themed Christmas present. No movies this year. No figurines from the movies. Uh, I don't know. I always like to throw something out for the gang, so if, you, if some of you guys have found a good Lotro or Tokyo-themed Christmas present appropriate for kids, give me a shout and let me know. Uh, aside from that, I think we'll move on to our next beacon. Eralas. Now it is time for another edition of our top 10 list. And the topic for this week's podcast is the top 10, or 30, hardest places to reach in all of Lotro. So what do I mean hard to reach? Well, there's a couple different ways to define that. But when I was starting out in game... Uh, what drove me more than anything else was exploring. I wanted to see everything there was to see in the game. And for many moons, there were areas of the game that I could never get to for one reason or another. 
Maybe my level cap wasn't high enough. Maybe I didn't have the rating background to get there. Maybe I didn't have the reputation to get there. Maybe I didn't know where it was. Maybe it was physically difficult to get to. So here's my list of ten, top 10 or 30 hardest places to reach in all of Lotro, and it is quite a mixed bag. I will start off with an obvious one. It's not hard for me, but I know a lot of people have trouble with it, so I thought I'd include it just as a nod to them. The top of the beacon of Yoworth. <laughs> and there are folks that do not enjoy platforming and or have lag associated with their game. That makes it difficult for them to reach this uh, this beacon. Uh, I enjoy it myself, and I don't find it difficult when I'm in practice. Uh, I have even heard of people doing it on horseback, and there was a legend that somebody did it on Warsteed. And I suppose there are people crazy enough in this community to go ahead and do that. Uh, but top of the beacon of Yorworth is the first on the list of hardest places to reach in Lotro. And there are many others that become harder. Number two, beyond the gates of Yor lies Eorellen's camp on Lovell. Back in the day, before there was a stable, yes, I am talking about the northeast reaches of Angmar. And as I was leveling up in the game during the Shadows of Angmar days, I looked longingly over at that peninsula sticking off to the northeast corner of the Angmar map, the Rift of Nurz Gashu. And boy, did I want to get there. I wanted to get there so bad. I tried many times and was killed many times with my fledgling guardian, until, finally, I don't remember what level it was, but with every boost, potion, food, and uh, scrap of, of uh, courage I could muster, I ran through the gates of Yor with various and sundry Karkul, Drakes, giant fire giants, and uh, trolls, and whatever else was patrolling that area, chasing me across the map through the gates of Yor, um, until I cleared the aggro and, uh, you know, hit every buff, every shield, every cooldown I could and made it through to the other side uh, to finally get to Year Ellen's camp. And I explored that whole part of the map. I walked into the Rift of Nurs Gashu, killed myself several times on the first encounter there until <laughs> I figured out, yep, there's no way by this. <laughs> I'm going to have to wait till I can find a group. But even just glimpsing... The first vista as you walk into the rift where you see the, the open chasm at your feet with the, the various uh, mining apparatuses extending, extending off to the right or to the left, I was enraptured. And uh, I knew that uh, penetrating the rift further was going to be uh, a game-long goal for me. Uh, but getting to Eron's camp on level before it was a stable was rather difficult. Next. The end of the raid, and this is a general category, but I'll lump several several ends of several raids in with this category. First of all, getting to the Witch King's Watch in Karndun. Back in the day, that was a uh, five to six hour run on level to get to it, and uh, you had to fight to get to the, the door of Karndun itself before you could even start the raid. So getting to the Witch King's Watch and looking out across the instance of Karndun it's the final uh, location in, in that game that gets you the uh, that gets you the deed for exploring all the areas of Karndun. Uh, the prison of Thorlock beyond the arena of Norbar and the rift of Nurs Gashu. That means that you have fully explored the rift, and uh, until overleveling made it simple to explore the whole rift of Nurs Gashu, it was very difficult to find a group back in the day. Very difficult for me personally to find four or five hours to try to get there. So the first time I finally succeeded in assembling a group and getting to the fight with the Balrog uh, close to or on level was uh, quite a milestone in the game for me. The Lair of the Mistress of Pestilence in Dar Narbagud means you have successfully killed the Blind One and found your way down through his little nest. Um... Yeah, it was many years before I got to the Mistress of Pestilence in Darnarbagud, and uh, um, and that was a milestone for me as well. Uh, the top of the tower in Barad, uh, not in Bar in BG, not in Barad Guron, but in uh, Barad Guldur, in Mirkwood. So you have completed the Barad Guldur raid and made it all the way to the top of the Witch King's Tower. 
to uh, to fight the Nazgul and his fell beast on the top of the tower. Uh, that was a momentous one when I finally reached there. The top of the tower in Orthanc, of course, after completing all the four different wings and fighting your way through uh, to take on Saruman and his rings atop the tower. I guess it's easy to do in the epic, but in the raid, a little more difficult. <laughs> and Gorthron's final chamber in Ost Dunhoff. I don't even know the last room in the Throne of the Dread Terror because I have not completed that raid yet. I did see some videos on YouTube. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't been there yet, but I am hoping to see that scenario in-game myself at some point. Number four, the view from atop the bitter stairs outside of Heligrod as a chicken. So I started that. You said, yeah, that's not that hard. I can get up to the bitter stair. I've done it many times. Have you done it as a chicken? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think so. A couple of you may have been out there have done it. Uh, I am guessing you had help. That is the most difficult part of the free-range run uh, to get to the top of the bitter stairs. So typically, if someone's going to take on the free-range chicken run, they do that first to get it out of the way so they don't waste their time doing all the other areas and then dying on a bitter stair. But if you've made it to top Helligrout as a chicken, you have had help. <laughs> if anyone has done it without help, I want to know about it. Please let me know. Number five, exclusive rep halls in the game. So there is a room in Thorin's Hall, which can only be uh, penetrated once you have kindred reputation with uh, Thorin's Hall. Uh, the Bree Hunting Lodge, which requires kindred reputation with the men of Bree. Uh, the interior of the Matham House. Each of these rep halls typically has a vendor which has some uh, rep-specific items you can only get within that uh, location. Imlad Jalair, the secret hideaway of the elves of Rivendell on the uh, southeast corner of the Rivendell map. The In League Room at the Bird and Baby Inn. And the Ale Association Room in Thorin's Hall for becoming uh, Creep, which is the ultimate rep title for the Ale Association. So each of these places contains a vendor where you can get things that you can get nowhere else in-game. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind are uh, Loremaster Pets, which are exclusive to that rep guild and or uh, various and sundry implements such as rolling pins, pitchforks, butter knives, and the like. Uh, Thorns Hall obviously will get you a goat uh, that you can use in Moria. And uh, there's other stuff too. Um, Il Il Association and In-League, of course, have the vendors where you can trade in your badges of dishonor or uh, reputation for various and sundry uh, festival tokens, which is very valuable as well. Number six, Grima's bank account. He is a skinflint. He will not let anyone into that vault. I've been trying for ages. Personally, I don't think he has anything in there aside from a few uh, Rohan Shield Maiden girly magazines. Number seven, Torech e Bogboreth. Uh, which is the hidden lair of Bogoreth, the first landscape raid in the game uh, in Angmar, aside from the one in Imlad Balkorth. Uh, it's kind of hard to find if you haven't been there before. I can imagine being on level and stumbling around, finding spiders every three feet, most of them stealth, would be a pain in the neck. Uh, if you're higher level, you can explore to your heart's content. So go on and find Torak e Bogoreth. North of uh, blah, 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 Garth Forthnir and hang a right. <laughs> uh, tangentially, the hidden stair atop Himbar to the Gate of Shadow. Through the caverns of Torak e Borgbareth, if you hang a left and make a jig jog and a right and another left and go up a ramp, you can find a hidden pathway to the Gates of Karn Doom so you don't have to fight your way all the way up through the camps that are uh, outside of it to the southeast. And uh, if you're up there, say hello to a Caithling for me and grab his mandible, if you will. If you don't know who a Caithling is, go check it out. You'll find him. Uh, the top of the arches on the Arena of Maythad. The Arena of Maythad is in uh, Angmar as well, uh, in the areas of Malinhad. 
and it was long years until I had a burglar exploring Angmar that I figured out that you could explore the arena and actually go up on the arches that arch up over the arena of my thad for some spectacular views of Angmar. Uh, the treasure cache of Imlad Balkorth. As many of you guys know, in Angmar, the final treasure cache you may have to find is in the glowing green area of whites of Imlad Balkorth, back above the caves. And uh, there are various very close jumps you have to make over lakes of death in order to get to it. Um, and... Uh, I resorted to checking out a video of someone doing it to figure out how to get there. I don't know if you did or if you just got summoned to it. Uh, but it can be tricky if you don't know the way. Number 10, Gollum's Cave. Just because so many people get lost in Goblin Town, uh, there are harder places to get to in Goblin Town from my perspective. You know, finding Thundergrot or finding your way back to the Warsteadings or whatever the case may be. Uh, but... Uh, Goblin's, Gollum's Cave is the farthest penetration and reach. I think it's easy to get to. You just go straight, 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 hang it right. Somewhat. But I can see it being intimidating, especially if you're on level and you've never been there before. If you have not checked out Gollum's Cave, go do it. And again, I've told I told Turbine before, you need a piece of bone or a fish bone or something on a Gollum's Island that when clicked on has a, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, uh, a playthrough. Um, yeah, what do you call it? When you do, when you're a character and you got to play the thing and it's, uh, yeah. So if you click on the item, it should take you into uh, a memory of Gollum, uh, either, you know, uh, first encountering Bilbo or being trapped in there or leaving or whatever the case may be. It needs to be a, oh, this is going to kill me. Wait. A session play. Whew, man. Had to pause there for a minute. Clear my, clear my head. So where were we? Gollum's Cave. The tavern, number 11, the tavern atop the 21st hall in Moria. Uh, the first time I knew about the tavern atop the 21st hall was when I saw someone plunge to their death, jumping out of it. And I'm like, where'd they come from? Oh, that's the tavern atop the 21st hall. How do you get there? You need the Moria keg. It's the only way. Uh, similarly, atop the giant's needle in the Misty Mountains, also reachable only by uh, the in-league keg, the basement of Sarnur to kill Brulug, the white drake, when on level... And without ancient dwarf damage type. Yes, those two things will make it more difficult. But the basement of Sarner is quite a, uh, quite a labyrinthian cave. Getting to the bottom, especially if you don't have ancient dwarf damage, can be a hassle. If you haven't been exploring Sarner, go check it out sometime. Atop the Holland Ridge in a region to get the Ridge Racer title. Many of you certainly have done that deed. Atop the Colossus at the King's Crossing in a region because you can only reach it if you have one quest in your quest log. As a matter of fact, on one tune, I think it was my Bjorning, I left the quest open so that I could return to the top of the Colossus whenever I liked by clicking on the rope there. Uh, formerly, I already mentioned this one, sort of, the entrance to Karn Doom. Formerly, I heard tales of people spending hours fighting their way uh, all the way into the gates of Karndoom and then past the encampment there all the way to the gates of the Karndoom instance. You had to fight your way tooth and nail. Every And every pull was uh, a major accomplishment or achievement. And it would take people hours just to get to the entrance of the instance. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to go back to those good old days, but um, it does kind of have a certain uh, romanticism to it. Uh, it's probably as it should have been if it was really real. The center of the Ice Bay of Forakel. So you can get close if you go out to the Sarisarma instance, but I'm talking about swimming out to one of the uh, one of the icebergs out there in the middle. So first of all, as you know, at low levels, the Ice Bay of Forakel will tick off a couple thousand morale per second, and uh, you won't get very far. But at higher levels, in the 100s, you can swim pretty far out into the middle of the bay especially if you're a guard. 
I love being a tank. Uh, unfortunately, there are some seams out there in the landscape that will kill you regardless. <laughs> so if you're swimming out, if the, if the, uh, if the dot doesn't get you, the seams in the landscape will eventually. And uh, it's just potluck whether you can find a route that navigates them and swim for a while and enjoy a nice relaxing um, ice bath. Go for it. Uh, the top of the ruins in Ostgalad for the title Master Ascender. There's two different peaks that you have to reach through secret pathways that would be difficult to find out if there weren't hint videos available online. Uh, your bar in the Giant Halls, the very tops of the Giant Halls uh, area, to take on the Thunder King. Uh, again, on level would have been very difficult back in the day and requires a bit of navigation to make your way through the pathways there. The Shadowed Cave and the Foundations of Stone. We're at number 20. The Shadowed Cave is unreachable. There are some people that tell me from looking at old forum posts that they believe the Shadowed Cave is actually the cave that you, uh, where the Balrog was discovered. And so you, um, you get to explore it during the session play uh, about the, you know, rousing the Balrog in Moria. But there's nothing to prove that 100%. It does look like there was an entrance to the Shadowed Cave in the Foundations at some point, and it seems like the devs just decided to wall it off and not build it out, and we're all sadder for it. Um, if you have a theory or some proof about what the Shadowed Cave was or is, please let me know. Everything I read was just speculation. Um, 21, Tumat in Daldinen, the last location needed in the North Downs for one of the Explorer Deeds. Uh, all the way back in the southeast corner of the map, all the way up past the Masters of the Black Siege, and to the left, you will find some, geez, I don't know, if they wouldn't be Easterlings. Those would be uh, coarser blood guys or whatever they're called, something like that. People from uh, the kingdom of Rudar. Yeah, I think I got that right. Uh, the Field of Flowers in the Dead Marshes is the spot all the way on the left-hand side of the map near where the Grodbeg are. And uh, it's for the sheer running grind of it. <laughs> you have to go all the way through the Cave of the Avarim, which I happen to be at, and you have to run all the way west across the Dead Marshes map because there is no horse riding there. <laughs> And there's almost no reason to go there, uh, unless you're just emptying every last quest out of the Dead Marshes, which I did with Bragg, of course. Uh, so enjoy your run finding the Field of Flowers. The Abandoned House in Stangard. I should have listed this with the rep items, because uh, there is a deed in Stangard to get in every house in the settlement, and the Abandoned House is not available to go into until you reach Kindred Reputation. Uh, with the stand with the men of Stangard, and uh, it's very disappointing when you go in there. All you find is a couple spiderlings crawling around. But you will complete the deed for uh, exploring all of the houses in Stangard. Number twenty-four, uh, Thagogan and the Brackwater. Anyone remember those names? Well, these are the two quest areas in the Walls of Moria prologue. You can only get to them when you're in the prologue, uh, and when you break down the door of Moria, you, your access to them is lost forever. And they are deep and rather complicated caves to explore to finish those deeds. I have done them before, but not frequently, because they do get a bit convoluted. They are dangerous on level. And uh, I have better things to do with my leveling power. Uh, number 25, the deepest part of the Lanin Caves in the Trollshaws. This is where you have to go to do the in their absence epic line and find the marker all the way at the back of the caves. You guys may remember this. It's filled with orcs. You have to go through the, w the wood trolls to get there. Once you're inside, it's filled with orcs. You've got to find your all the way to the back uh, to an entrance that looks like it's kind of leads to the, um, the lost temple back there. And you've got to click on the marker and then tell Elrond about it. Yeah. It's pretty complicated. You got to swim through some stuff. You got to go over and around some stuff. Number 26, finding the 23rd room of Minas Elendor or Dilatham. 
which is the uh, which is the settlement in a region that you go into uh, when you're uh, following the fellowship through there and rescuing a, a dwarf who has has lost his way. I don't care which room it is. If it's the last one that you have to find to complete the deed to find uh, for the title the thorough, it's going to be a pain in the neck to get to because there are 23 of them. Number 27. This is uh, an one of the last areas in the game that I found. The Rogmu Island in the Delving of Fror. Uh, I was not a big PvPer uh, for many years in the game. I didn't hardly do any PvP. Uh, so... Finding the Delving of Fror, which was one of the only dungeons in the game I had never explored, was a big milestone for me. And tanking the Rogmul on the Rogmul Island in the middle of the Delving of Fror was a goal that uh, I was very happy to achieve at one point as well. Number 28, the Vortex Room in Bergenstau. I, ended, I added this one to the list just because I was just there <laughs> um, slaying the Drogboar whatever they're called, uh, to get my zeal for my Bjorning. Uh, you may remember in East Rohan, the cave with the Drog Blair. Blair. The Drog Blair. Blair. And finding the room all the way at the bottom where you need to toss in the uh, artifact in order to close out the vortex. Yeah. Uh, I know the way now. Do you have it memorized by heart? Number 29, the final statue of the Witch King in Tham Umdur. Okay, so this is the cave that is on the northeast corner of the North Downs. Uh, if you follow the epic quest line, and I think it's an In Your Absence as well, they were really into creating these long, complicated, labyrinthian caves in the in your, abic, in your Absence quest line, apparently. But there are three statues in there that you have to find and destroy in order to move on. And the last one is the Witch King, and it is a pain to figure out. That is, there, there's a reason there's a map out there for this place, people. Go use it. <laughs> and number 30, the final entry in our podcast, the Eyes and Guard Tavern. If you've never seen it, then you've never been out on Bull Roarer. And uh, the only reason I ever downloaded the Bull Roarer client was so I could say I've been to the Eyes and Guard Tavern and auto-leveled myself with everything there uh, just for funsies. Um, so how about that? Three top tens for the price of one. I hope you enjoy finding all these places in game. I know I did. Uh, hmm, should keep you busy a few years at least. And I hope it wasn't too boring. I hope it maybe brought back some memories of some stuff you guys did in game yourselves. Or maybe gave you a goal of something to explore that you've never seen before. But with that, let's move on to our fifth beacon. That was a long top ten. That calls for a swig of ale. Uh, it's going to call for another ale in a minute. We have reached the fifth beacon of Min Rimon, and now the original word from our sponsor segment. This episode of Light the Beacons is brought to you by the Committee to Help Build Istaron's Underwall. Friends, if we want to prevent unwanted immigration from the subterranean orcs and monsters of the East Wall section of Rohan, we need to build a big wall underground. That's where the underwall comes in. With your support, we will build the biggest underground wall this side of the Rift of Nurzgashu. And what's more, I guarantee you, we will get the orcs to pay for it. How you say? Details. Look, if you want to get something done, you have to say it publicly over and over, louder each time, ignoring the logic and reason of hecklers and haters. We will build the biggest and most effective underground wall in Middle-earth. So says Isteron. It's going to be huge. The sixth beacon of Kalanhad. For the sixth beacon of Kalanhad, we are going to talk about North Athelion. I don't know why I'm singing to my viewers. I know you're not viewers, you know. Uh, a final assessment of North Athelion. So I have explored this content in a bit more detail, and I did want to weigh in with my opinion on a few, a few pieces. First of all, right to the big highlight. Um, and for me, the big highlight is a tale of two epic cinematics. So I'm in game, 
And when I'm pursuing the epic storyline, which is, of course, one of the best parts of Lotro, when they take control of my camera and start swinging it around, I am excited. That usually uh, augurs well for what is about to happen. Some of the coolest moments in the epic storyline for me are when they use that uh, technique to take control of your camera and swing it around and give you a sweeping vista and or focus on something that is really important that is about to happen. And there are two epic cinematics in this part of uh, North Athelion's epic quest line. The first is the march of the king out of Asgiliath as Aragorn and the Elven brothers and the Rangers and Gandalf and the Rohirrim and the Gondorians and anyone else that happens to be lying about, uh, you know, maybe a Pippin here and there or uh, Elf or Dwarf. Um, when they come marching out of us, Gilead, um, they swing the camera back to give you a large overhead view and you see the ranks of soldiers and the music that is playing is epic and you can look at the two statues flanking the advance of the soldiers as they march out of the destroyed city on the way to their doom. It's a great moment. The second, and perhaps more importantly, the scouting of the Black Gate. Those of you who have finished the epic quest line know that there is a final quest waiting for you there to scout one of the uh, Towers of the Teeth flanking the Black Gate. And as you approach it, you get a sweeping, dramatic, exciting view of what is in store for our heroes around the corner. And it is awesome. We have been waiting. <laughs> this is a moment that people, I mean, the devs had to know this. It's been nine years in the making. <laughs> Since we were born in Archit or in Eridluin or in Selendim, or in the, the, the Shire, wherever you have, have uh, started your journey, this was the moment that you were waiting for, the Black Gate of Mordor. Well, until we get to Ordruin, at least. <laughs> but um, the way they, dis the way they uh, uh, brought the view of the Black Gate into view with uh, the orcs marching in, in the pits and valleys, I don't know if you noticed the little... There's Nazgul flying above it, and there's also one sitting on a rock down to the bottom left, and he's, you know, reaching back his head and roaring as the Nazgul thrusts his fists. Um, it was exciting. It was a goosebump moment, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So North Athelion, uh, aside from those two cinematics, let's get down to a little more brass tacks. It's a beautiful landscape uh, that is somewhat unique to the game, which I enjoyed very much. But it's got two big problems. Uh, the two big problems are getting down when you're up and more problematically, getting up when you're down. <laughs> so if you've been questing in this area, you know that uh, obviously we're reaching the foothills of the black, you know, the, ma the mountains of shadow. And, uh, and so we're gaining altitude uh, as we're flanking the mountains and heading north towards Daggerlad. And uh, but there are certain quests that take you down um, into the lower reaches, kind of more towards the um, more towards the river, towards Carandros, towards Osgiliath, and towards the the plains of Cormallon, uh in open fields. And you have to traverse these areas back and forth uh, for some of the quest hubs. And finding a way to get back up <laughs> to the top of the hills when you're at the bottom is a pain in the neck. Okay. I, I'm sure some of you guys have done this. <laughs> you're, 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 you're running up. You're like trying to find a place to cut through over the rock. Uh, you hit a river. You got to jump across the river. You got to go back up and around. It is a hassle. So I'm sure as I get to know the landscape better, you know, I'll f I'm, I, the problem is I'm looking for shortcuts. I know, I know the, the easy way to go is follow the road up and around. It's longer, right? I'm looking for shortcuts, and I'm not finding many. Um, so it's a pain to get up and down. Uh, from the, the lands drop, I'll call it, uh, that kind of cuts through the middle of the zone. But aside from that, it's a beautiful landscape. There's some great storytelling in here with side quests. Um, and spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear some of these, I'm not going to give details, but I'm going to name some names. Um, the head of the fell beast uh, that we take into the lore scholars. First of all, uh, like that's not going to cause some issues. <laughs> You think they'd put that in the game if they didn't have plans for it at some point? <laughs> so I think we haven't heard or seen the last of the head of the fell beast. 
in, in my viewpoint. Uh, I think it will be waiting for us at some point uh, with some little issues or concerns to address. Uh, that's just my prediction. We'll see if that comes true. The funeral pyre of Snowmane, the, um, the horse of Theoden and his bane, uh, the orcs that now are in the sewers of Osgiliath, a uh, bit of a role reversal from when the orcs were up topside and the rangers were down there. Uh, the the uh, small instance with Gandalf and Aragorn to destroy the bridge of Minas Morgul, very exciting. Especially a certain stairwell off to the left that seems to trail up into the depths of Kirith Ungol. I spent several minutes on my horse trying to figure out a way to jump over those rocks to see if I could get up there, but uh, no dice. Um, the Lost Mumakil quest I thought was uh, particularly interesting. Uh, the cave that contains the broodlings of Kirith Ungol, a bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, the very long and involved and uh, dramatic quest to reclaim Ker Andros with uh, the mom and uh, son that you befriended in uh, Tor... Uh, wherever that place is, Talith Andor, uh, was interesting. And then there's, uh, just when I thought I'd gotten all the quests done, um, there's the last one that I found just recently today that I mentioned earlier uh, with what I would call the Viagra crew. I'm sorry, uh, Variag's, Variag's crew. Um, so again, uh, north from Esgiliath, along the riverfront, you will find them camped, and they will have a little uh, sideline quest for you to pursue to explore their disagreements with the Kundalar. Um, from a reward standpoint, the epic rewards that you get are just okay. Uh, the end cloak that you receive is teal. It's not as good as the gold cloak from the Minas Tirith epic, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you do get a nice emote. Uh, by the way, if you haven't played it multiple times, you'll notice it plays four different tunes. You play it one after the other after the other, which is kind of cool. Um, you get a good number of Anorian essence boxes, which is which is really nice. Uh, I think you get like three or four of them run for running the epic quest line, uh, and that actually makes an equipping a new piece of gear worth it. You know, it might only be a marginal stat increase, but if you already have the essences and you can do it right away without having to grind for them, that's kind of nice. Uh, I've been converting my essences almost exclusively to morale essences. I'm sure I'll need some others at some point. But I know I'm going to need Morales, so I've been doing that for now. Um, you can trade for more Anorian Essence boxes using silver tokens that you accumulate from questing in North Athelion as well. So uh, I've been going through the area with my alts now, and I am starting to just pursue the epic and skip some of the side quests with my alts. Um, I might go back and do some of them once I have everyone up to speed. Um... The only other thing I'd say is I, I wish the flowers that you collect were account-bound, as uh, all the jewelry that you can get is bind on a choir. Uh, would be nice to be able to collect flowers with any tune and then cash them in for whoever needs the gear. And aside from that, uh, I did find a guide online, by the way, in case you were wondering, that finds the most likely flowers to produce the rarer extracts, which are the sapphire extracts and... I think it's Amber Extract is the other one. That's the hardest one to find. And uh, here's the clue. I think the best one out there was uh, the Bell of Dale for Sapphire and the Drake Wart for the Amber Extract. Uh, so I find myself uh, more and more passing up the Oxlip, Oxlip and Horsetail and uh, looking longingly for the Bell of Dale and Drake Wart. And the Drake Wart appears to be the hardest one to find. So if you do come across one, don't pass it up. That's my little hint for you for the North Athelian Quest area. And with that, I think we're going to move on to our seventh beacon. We have arrived at Halithirian. Now we've been to all those beacons in game, and you can picture them from the way I've described them for you viewers. And uh, don't go there. It's time for a blessed relief. That brings us to the end of the 59th episode of Light the Beacons. Almost to the 60s. So tantalizingly close. I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. You can contact me at bragsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two ways. The second A stands for apologetic. Facebook or Twitter at bragsonofbalan or my website at lightthebeacons.com where you can post comments directly on the podcast. 
Kindly request iTunes reviews. Appreciated. A few comments incite me to forgo my legendary dwarven apathy. I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. So, I hope you laughed either at or with me. Hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before. Perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. I hope you go off and explore and find some of those 30 locations in game which you may or may not have found previously. And most of all, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle-earth. This is Bragg, son of Balin, signing off. Baruch Kazad. And remember, the next time you're sick, injured, busy with holiday crap, so you can't get a podcast out, don't despair. Light the beacons. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm uh, hopeful that we will get at least one more episode out in December. If not two, we've got the holidays coming up, and we've got some fun stuff, maybe some predictions for 2017. We can revisit the ones that we did from last year. That's always a good time. Hope to see you soon. Hope my voice is recovered next time we do. And I hope the tryptophan didn't keep you on the couch for too long. Happy trails. Cheers. Brag.